Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 14th day of July. I'm Paul White. Thank you for joining me today. 14th day of July is a special day in our house. This is my daughter Lauren's birthday. 18 years ago today, we were blessed to bring into the world beautiful Lauren Elizabeth White, who has been the source of so much joy and excitement and pride in our lives. And we celebrate Lauren today. Uh, Natasha and I and, and Lauren are meeting Lucas this weekend in Missouri for a couple of days, R&R, and do some of the things that Lauren loves to do. And then we will be ministering in a church in Leesburg, Missouri, Living Word Church this weekend uh, on our way back home. We'll head back home Monday to Georgia and get back on with our lives and 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 the kids go about their business. Lauren particularly will be starting UNG in the fall. And so this is a little bit of a, a last second breather before all of that gets cranked up. But uh, happy birthday to her. And there have been some of you over the years who have uh, reached out to Lauren. And if you ever encounter her, you know why. She's just a, quite a soul. And some of you have reached out to her and contacted her and and um, even invested in her lives in so many different her life in so many different ways, and we're always so thankful for that. You love to see people kind to your children or celebrate your children. It's a blessing. Well, we are in the twelfth verse of Second Timothy chapter one. Paul says this: For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. The reason I also suffer these things speaks back to verse 8. Don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings of the gospel according to the power of God. His little run into these the idea about his calling and grace and, and then his theology about the epiphany of Christ abolishing death, bringing life and immortality, all of that was sort of a, a side note to the statement about persecutions and sufferings being a prisoner of the Lord. And that's why he opens verse 12, for this reason I suffer. So he says, I, I, I walk into this voluntarily, understanding that I'm going to suffer on behalf of the Lord Jesus, and I'm not ashamed of it. I don't know that I really understand real suffering as it relates to what Paul's going through. I know I've never been imprisoned I've never been imprisoned for anything, but certainly I've never been even, it's never even crossed my mind that I would be incarcerated. That's probably the benefits of living in the time and the country and the culture that we live in, the, the part of the world that I live in. It's never crossed my mind that I would be arrested for vocally taking a stand for the faith. Um, what I have found is that persecution is much greater in the church than it is outside of the church. I don't think that we really face a lot of persecution from outside the church, but if you want to know what abandonment is or some form of persecution, then take a stand for a theology or a faith practice that isn't embraced by the church or that is disagreed with, and that will do it. And so I've had these roads in my ministry where you take a lot of flack. I, I know when I started 
to teach the grace of God and the love of God through the finished work, I took a lot of flack and lost a lot of people who thought that that was some sort of greasy grace gospel. And I'm still standing and I'm still proclaiming Jesus. And 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 I'll be very honest with you, a lot of the critics quit. A lot of the people that thought that I was losing it because I was making God be something they didn't think he was, a lot of them aren't doing anything anymore. And they might say that they're quote-unquote backslid. I believe they've fallen asleep on the righteousness that they so adamantly thought I was out to mess up. After that, we've had people who gave us a lot of grief because of our stance on eschatology. I started to proclaim that I believe a lot of what you think is in your future is in your past. And that doesn't mean there's nothing in your future, but it doesn't, it also means that if a lot of that's in your past, then you should be living the kingdom, which changes the perspective of your Christianity. Started teaching that, preaching that, started losing people. We've had to, we've had to do this over and over again. And every time you step into any kind of theological newness, expansions, epiphanies, revelations. You do so at risk knowing that there's going to be some who might be done with you, who turn on you. And in a, in a ministry like ours where we are putting out content that is accessed by a global audience of people all over the world, just grab what they want, do with what they want. And that means that sometimes they are partially informed and sometimes they are incredibly informed. Um, but you're always, I mean, we don't draw a paycheck from somebody else. So it's not as if I have a local church that pays me to preach there or a, a, a job down the street that pays me to preach there or, or work there. What we're doing is surviving day to day by faith. And don't kid yourself. There are times when you something's about to come out of your mouth and you think, if I say that, that's going to cost me someone. I got a question this past week from someone who asked if I have ever struggled with if I've ever struggled with expectations regarding how people receive my message and I said I struggle with it constantly I've struggled with it my entire ministry and I struggle with it to this day and I I use the illustration I think ministers are a lot like comedians there's a public gift to say things in a way that make people think, um, and you put a lot of work into that, and a lot of practice into that public persona and that public performance. But privately, a lot of comedians are real quiet, and a lot of them are very haunted. And uh, ministers are the same way. A lot of them put forth this face that they got all this stuff figured out, and they're using their gift. Then in private, they're they're usually pretty introverted, pretty quiet. Um, they project a security that kind of evades them in the personal because there's this desire to be liked and this desire to be valued. And so how I get around it is to remind myself of my call. And I thought of all of this when I read 2 Timothy 1.12 today. For this reason I suffer these things, nevertheless I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that I've committed to him until that day. And so there's a part of just knowing that you're doing what you're called to do. The other part is something we want to save for tomorrow, but I'll give you a hint. The other part is that it's not that we put any confidence in what we know, but we put an enormous amount of confidence in whom 
we have believed. And Paul makes a distinction I want to make with him and we'll do it tomorrow. I'll see you then. Have a great day. God bless.